With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Renegade Blitz podcast, a podcast for Steelers fans by Steelers fans. Follow us on Twitter at Renegade Blitz. Read articles on RenegadeBlitz.com and like us on Facebook. Welcome to the Renegade Blitz podcast. It's our first episode and proud to be here with Chris Ward. My name is Ty Polk. I'm going to be the podcast engineer for this podcast. And again, I'm so excited to be a part of this. And uh, Chris, talk a little bit about the Renegade Blitz. Well, we've been around for about the past five years on Twitter at Blitzburg. Our handle kind of changed a couple of times, but right now it's Renegade Blitz, at Renegade Blitz on Twitter. Zach like, uh, is the creator of the site, or the creator of the page, and he asked me to join about December 2015. And really, ever since then, it just kind of took off, and we just we both lo- love the Steelers and uh, posting content and reading articles and ju- just engaging with fans on Twitter. Yeah, and Chris and I, I've gotten to see some of that firsthand. Uh, we're both Point Park boys, you know, yeah. coming up <laughs> through the journalism world there. It's awesome to see that you guys are starting something so well. It's like there's a lot of Steelers news sites, but we aim to be different. We aim to really try to get engaged with the communities with other teams and stuff like that. And yeah, definitely, it's it's definitely good to uh, you know have, start this podcast and start expanding. You know, we, we just started the website we're looking to add writers and everything and continue to build the build uh our, our site if there's any aspiring writers out there or anyone who'd like to create content how can people get involved with blitzburg if they want to write something or you know potentially like send a video or whatever dm us on twitter you know our, our things is open for someone to message us or you can just email me at chris ward 743 at gmail.com uh, we're on Facebook too, uh, Blitzburg. So just give us a message and we'll happily uh, have you part of the staff and produce content for us and help yourself uh, um, as a writer too. Again, to the world of media, you know, media has changed so much, you know, as you know, Ty said, we both went to Point Park and, you know, it's not like the standard newspaper, you know, it is expanded to like so many bloggers and, you know, content producers and, uh, it's, it's really changed over the years. Absolutely. And uh, but let's get to the thing that everybody wants to talk about right now. The Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, with everything going on because of COVID-19 training camps have been effectively just the only thing. There's been no preseason games. The Hall of Fame game between the Steelers and the Cowboys is canceled. The Hall of Fame induction ceremony, which was a part of so many Steelers in this class it was canceled and moved to next year uh chris it certainly has to be a disheartening summer for pittsburgh steelers fans yeah especially with that you know troy palmolo bill cower and donnie show were supposed to be in, uh enshrined into the hall of fame this year so now it's been pushed back to next year hopefully bill nunn and alan fanica will be part of the 2021 class 
So it'll be a, a great weekend for Steeler Nation and Canton. But uh, especially not having that training camp in Latrobe, man, that, that, that was that hurt a lot of people, especially the local uh, businesses in Latrobe, and a lot of fans too that you know made uh, plan their summer vacation around that that whole couple of weeks there in Latrobe. Absolutely. Uh, I've been to Latrobe once. That's kind of being a bad Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I was very young, but even then, you just you felt the atmosphere. It was it was electric. It almost felt like a real game at times. But man, you got to feel for these businesses. You got to feel for some of the guys who sadly couldn't really make the team because of no preseason. Yeah, that's that's another aspect that was. really put a damper in, in, in some of these guys' careers. You know, who knows if they'll get another shot, really. Uh, you know, the NFL is obviously so competitive. It'll be, it'll be, uh, James Pierre, like we met, mentioned before we got on air, you know, he made he was the only undrafted free agent to make the roster. But a lot, a lot of these guys, they uh, increased the practice squad so to 16 players, and six of them could be veterans. So I think that helps, too, for some guys that missed out a chance or they might not have a job right now. Yeah, and it's a lot of big, oh, making sorry. like eight thousand dollars a week, or if you're a veteran, it's like twelve thousand. So like, that's still good money. It might be a pay cut, you know. Like Dan McCullers, you know, he's not on the active roster, the fifty-three man roster anymore. So he took a big pay cut, but I mean, he's still getting a good amount of money. And another guy who's currently on the practice squad, Duck Hodges, which was almost when you really think of kind of the impact he had in a we'll call it hopeful Pittsburgh Steelers season last year. You know, he came in there, had a little bit of success, but it it sadly didn't exactly work out as well as probably he hoped a lot of Steelers fans hoped. That, that was an odd season. Uh, defense was unbelievable, but that that quarterback situ- situation was was a mess. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, the Steelers finished eight and eight, though in the new expanded playoff format, they would have been good for seventh place, which would have made them sneak uh, creep into the playoffs. Yeah, if they if they would have made it, they I think they would have played uh, Kansas City and first round so i mean it would have been an early exit with duck hodges versus patrick mahomes certainly a murderer's row and as we know mahomes was on a mission that postseason yeah but now ben's coming back so uh you know it's cliche to say but like really the whole season relies on that that right elbow of ben he he's had that elbow issue issue for a couple years but he just well really longer than that I, that's just how it's been with Ben's arm, but he's fully healthy now. We He had the uh, documentary that was certainly funny. Uh, the funniest part of that documentary for me was when he was trying to get his stitches cut out by uh, Jim Bradley. Just like just like the incredulous look on his face. It's like, I still have to do more. There's still more stitches. You're twisting it. What are you doing? And it's just like... It's clear. Football players are just like everyone. They don't exactly like to go to the doctor either. Uh, yeah, though. Uh, well, what do you think of the documentary that came out? I think there's uh, one more part, I think, but it's been, it's been pretty good, though, for, for what I've seen so far. I mean, really seeing all the uh, production quality it is, and it's just like, you know how it is in the NFL when it comes to these media teams. They move in silence. It, we didn't really even know about this documentary until it uploaded to youtube 
Yeah, yeah, it came out of nowhere. It just like there was no like previews or like updates or something that would give you an idea that this was coming out. But also, let's uh, touch a little base and go go on to more training camp stuff. Of course, the Steelers they drafted their first, their big pick was in the second round, Chase Claypool. He's added to a wide receiver room that I know that the uh, QB production wasn't well, but certainly there was flashes of brilliance in the wide receiver room. Juju Smith-Schuster, of course, had a down year, but you have guys like Deontay Johnson, James Washington. It's it's certainly a great wide receiver room, and uh, I'm excited to hear your thoughts about Claypool coming in in this COVID shortened preseason. Oh yeah, Clay. From all the reports out during training camp, there are a lot of good, good things said about Claypool. And just looking at the pictures and stuff, and some of the videos released, I mean, he looks like he's going to be a really good red zone target. And I think you know it's going to be tough for a rookie, you know, coming in without the preseason games. But uh, I think they could, you know, create a package for him where he, you know, he does a certain amount of routes that, you know, he'll be comfortable with doing. And I think especially in the red zone, I think he'll be able to, uh, to put some damage there on some defenses. And, and plus Eric Ebron, too. I think having a, both of those guys are big targets for Ben. Yeah, yeah. they were their last last red zone uh, offense last year. They went from first to last with ben, without Ben and red zone offense. It's insane how that can be in this league. And I know that we love Heath Miller as as a tight end in this town. You know, certain people still <laughs> chant Heath when certain tight ends catch the ball. But for the first time, it's like I know we had we had Green a couple years ago who seemed promising. But you could say that this is arguably the best tight end in terms of receiving talent that Ben's ever had. Yeah, it's crazy to think, but yeah, since Heath Miller and probably like two tight ends, because they always had like Heath Miller and then like Matt Spath was like a good blocker, but he wasn't really much of a receiving threat. So like as far as like pure receiving threats, this is probably the best ever that Ben's had in his career. We're a long ways away from the days of Jay Remersma and Jeremy <laughs> Tooman. <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a real throwback. <laughs> Never forget it. <laughs> but of course, the big story last year one of the reasons why they went eight and eight was that historic defense really buoyed by the early season acquisition by a trade with miami for minka fitzpatrick you'd have to wonder with competent quarterback play from ben roethlisberger could this defense be even better this year i think so if you know not having as much pressure to like you know carry the team and then you know plus if Ben with Ben, you know, they could have a lead like they like last year, they were trailing a lot and, you know, say, say they're up big or they're like up by 10 points or whatever that defense could in the third quarter, whatever when offenses are, you know, they might be passing a lot to catch up. That defense could really tee off them and uh, get pressure on the quarterback and, you know, create turnovers with the interceptions, you know, with Minka and Hayden and Nelson back there. And certainly the weird thing about the Steelers is that they've always been able to get to the quarterback, even whenever necessarily the secondary. I mean, we have to really remember the years. We had guys like Roz Cockrell, Cortez oh. Allen, William Gay, the late stages of, of Ike Taylor. You can really go back there. Shamarco Thomas. Uh, oh, I can bring up all the old names. <laughs> I remember all the old names. It's just yeah. like the new guys. It's like I got to look at a paper a little bit. 
That's a little bit of bad journalist in my part, but uh, I've been running for years, man. Yeah. I mean, you can't forget some of those names. Just a couple of years ago, like 2015, 2016, they had a great offense with the killer bees, but that defense, especially in the secondary, it's just like you would wish you could match up the two, like with the defense they had now, their offense from a couple of years ago. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a shame that the only Super Bowl that team won was the one in the Madden opening cinematic. Yeah, right. <laughs> but this offense has potential, but there's a lot of like on like the receivers are young. You know, Juju's like the, the veteran and he's like 23 years old. And then James Conner uh, at running back, you know, that, he just he needs to stay healthy. Like when he's when he's on his game and stuff, I think he's he's up there. Like, I don't, I don't know where who to rank, but like he, he's, you know, solid running back. Like, what, what do you think about James Conner and Juju coming in this year? You know, very critical, you know, both contract years for them. Absolutely. This is certainly a prove it year for James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster. Smith-Schuster potentially has his replacement drafted in the second round this year. And Juju was a third-round player, so it's really a big time with it. You can expect him to bounce back, but even when you look back into the game with New England, granted, it was Stephon Gilmore who was a defensive player of the year. I still think Minka got robbed for that. In the In the small sample size, I don't exactly remember Juju having as much a good time at that time. Who knows, with a full year, full focus, the sky's the limit for Juju. And even though he's the veteran of the group, isn't Deontay Johnson six months older than him? That's that's incredible. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's amazing how young Juju you know, came at when he was 20. He's just like always been that young guy and like, you know, still he, he just brings that young, vibrant energy. So it, it is pretty crazy to think that like he's the, the veteran of the group. But I like Deontay Johnson a lot. I think he's going to really break out here in year two. You saw glimpses of it last year. The punt return against Arizona. Yeah, especially towards the end of the year. He really started to break out. You know, his route running is is amazing. I I think he has a lot of potential in the futures, especially this year. He might might even overtake Juju as that number one receiver or whatever. I will not count out a 23-year-old, three-year veteran who's made big moments. A lot of his big moments, it's like everyone remembers the fumbles against New Orleans, Baltimore last year. Everybody forgets in his rookie year, if it wasn't for Jesse James's catch being overturned, he's a big factor. The Steelers win that game because remember, he had the amazing catch and run, which it seemed like it went on forever. And then, of course, against Oakland, he had a couple of big plays. And then Boswell just wasn't up to snuff that year. The rest was history for that disappointing year for the Steelers. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, he, he makes a lot of big, big plays, you know, contested catches like a couple years ago uh, against Jacksonville. He had those two big catches. Um uh, one was against Ramsey and the other Boye, the other, the other elite corner that they had. I, he has all the tools. You know, last year was just a weird year without with Ben going down, and then he had injuries too. So I, I think he, he definitely has the potential to, to uh, bounce back this year. Do you think his future is potentially as a Steelers slot receiver? I mean, he does. He does do well in the slot. He 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 can, he can work on the outside in the slot, but. I think this year with you know having James Washington another year and then Deontay Johnson, I think they will try to you know utilize him in the slot a little bit. You know he was there before, but I, th- I think that's an area where where they like him. And and other big 
big news for the Steelers. They signed Dustin Colquitt, former Chiefs punter, won the Super Bowl last year with Kansas City. And, of course, his father won two Super Bowls in the 70s with the Steelers. It's interesting for the Steelers to have good punting again. I think the last good punter that I can remember, Daniel Sepulveda. Yeah, they won the Super Bowl with uh, Mitch Berger as the punter. <laughs> Mitch Berger was running around with the uh, post-greatest show on turf Rams. Yeah. That's kind of incredible when you really think of that. Remember Chris Gardaki, too? <laughs> oh, man, how could I forget that? <laughs> yeah, that, that was an interesting sign. And I guess, you know, they saved some money with, you know, I think like a million dollars or whatever with uh, cutting Jordan Barry. Really, I mean, he was an okay guy, but I mean, you could save some money. He 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 was he was a decent punter, but he did struggle towards the end there last year. Dustin Colquitt, you know, he's a veteran and has a good resume. What he did with the Chiefs for I think fifteen years. It's gonna be it's gonna be great to see punter that could possibly pin him in their own five. You give a defense the ability to back an offense against a wall. Painting them inside their own 10, inside their own five, maybe on the one if we get lucky down there at Heinz Field and other locations. Give that defense an opportunity to go hunting for pick sixes, fumbles in the end zones, or even safeties. It could be a really good year for the Steelers' defense and special teams. This has happened on Sunday night, but what do you think of the big Cam Hayward deal? It's a deal that needed to happen. He's a defensive leader. And it's so important to have good defensive linemen in a 3-4. Anytime you can get a quality guy, you hold on to him. We couldn't do that with Javon Hargrave. We're going to do that with Stefan Tuitt. And we're now really going to do it with Cam Hayward. Yeah, it was good to see Hayward get that. He definitely deserves it. You know, the last couple of years, other than Aaron Donald, he's, he's been like, you know, other than him, the best uh, interior defensive lineman. He, Hayward's just a great guy, too. He's a great rep- representative of the Steelers and just the city of Pittsburgh. You know, he's from Pittsburgh and great player in person. And it's just good to see him staying uh, pretty much. He'll be a Steeler for life. Yes, sir. His father, Ironhead, played for Pitt, and it's certainly good to see hometown guy or somewhat hometown guy. He did go to Ohio State, do yeah, well. Yeah, he, he was high school. He went to high school in Georgia, but he, he was born in Pittsburgh, and you know, he, he definitely he, he always talks about his, his roots in the city. And of course, Chris, as we started recording today, the news has just dropped that Ryan Chazier has announced his retirement from the NFL quickly. What are your thoughts on Shazier and his retirement? I think we, we all wanted to see Shazier back on the field, but this was ultimately probably going to be the case where he had to retire because of that spinal injury and just the risks of going back on the field. Just, you know, you just want to see him be able to play with his kids and, you know, not being, uh, you know, re-injure that with that with a spine injury. Yeah, you you were wondering uh, when the other shoe would drop, and today it did. But we had some great moments with Shazier after all that went through the Shea Leave campaign, and a lot of people are appreciative of his fight from that injury. And Steelers GM Kevin Colbert showed his appreciation on Zoom with Shazier, and it was a beautiful moment. Colbert was a little choked up from it all, and I'm not going to lie, I had to fight back a little bit of tears myself. Yeah, definitely. That, that was raw emotion there with Colbert. You know, he, he had a close relationship. Obviously, you know, all his players he has relationships with. But, um, you know, Shazier was a first-round draft pick, and once he got injured, he spent time with Colbert learning uh, the nuances of scouting. And Shazier served as a mentor role to young linebackers like, like Devin Bush. 
he'll certainly be a part of the Steelers in the future. He's a Steeler for life with everything that has gone through here. And who knows, maybe a future linebackers coach, defensive coordinator, maybe head coaching if it feels like it. Even though his playing career is over, his future in football is still there. And we wish Ryan Shazier the best along the way. Yeah, he, he might get into coaching uh, down the road. Right now, he's going into like some media areas where, where with, with uh, uh, the ringer, he's going to host a show on Tuesdays. Did you see that? No, I didn't hear anything about it. This is the first time I've heard of it. And it's certainly great that Ryan's still using football as an outlet just in different ways. And again, we here at the Renegade Blitz wish him all the best. Well, Chris, it's great to talk to you about the offseason for the Steelers, of course, and excited to talk more about the Steelers along the way. Yeah, definitely. Uh, good, good first podcast. Uh, we're looking forward to the, the Steelers' uh, first game on Monday night against the Giants. For every game preview podcast on the Renegade Blitz, Chris will sit down with a blogger, reporter, or podcaster for the opposing team. This week, he talked to Bobby Skinner, host of Talking Giants on John Boy Media. Thanks, Bobby, for coming on the show. Can you talk a little bit about Talking Giants and how that all started? Talking Giants is a podcast for John Boy right. Media. Started it out January 2019. I ended up hooking up with John Boy Media, man. It started getting legs. We started to get a little bit of notoriety for, you know, breaking down film and stuff. And this year has been big for us and just been growing and growing. The numbers have been growing, man, and just being dedicated to it, going full-time, you know, this month, you know, to start NFL season with John Boy Media. John Boy, uh, a lot of people know him for the baseball stuff. I'm, I'm heading up their football stuff. So, yeah, man, it's basically it was a passion and then kept on, you know, getting bigger and bigger. And the, and the bigger it got, the more we tried to do. So, that's, I mean, that's what Talking Giants is. We do three podcasts a week in the season. All of camp, we were doing five days a week, but so now we're now we're getting back to the swing of things three days a week. So, so uh, what's the outlook? Like, what, what are they talking in the Giants media right now about this upcoming Week One game with the Steelers? Well, for a while, it was to see if Golden Tate was going to play because he hadn't practiced for a week, but he's been practicing the last two days, so it looks like he's going to play. Basically, it's been how are the Giants going to deal with your guys' uh, pass rushing duo of T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree? Because we have Andrew Thomas, who I love, you know, the first round pick. Mm-hmm. But it's also his first game, you know, and you would expect, you know, a rookie to have some struggles. Now, granted, he'll be going up against Bud Dupree and then TJ Watt on the other side. He's just a flat out monster. And if there's a weak link of our offensive line, it's right tackle with Cam Fleming, who was brought in to be a swing tackle. And then Nate Solder opted out. Not that way. I, we're high on Nate Solder either. So we're, we're talking that TJ Watt Cam Fleming matchup is what it's going to be. And how is Jones going to do against, you know, the force fumble leaders in the league, too, with Watt and Dupree? So it's like, you know, we love Jones going downfield, but it's how is he? Is he going to get the ball out quick? Like, are we going to have try and keep it efficient without taking three, four sacks and fumbling the ball? That that was a battle there at right tackle. And Cameron Fleming, how, how's he looked at where they've been saying about him? I haven't heard much from, from him, honestly. So I guess that's a good thing from your right tackle, but that also could be like an indictment on our pass rushers in the camp. I'm not huge on Fleming. Thought, you know, he was brought in to be the swing tackle with him fine, and, I, and that role is being used right now because of Solder opting out. So uh, I'm, I'm just not super high on Fleming, but what I do like is the rest of our line. I'm pretty, I'm, I, I have a lot of confidence in left tackle to right guard. As Nick Gates, is he supposed to be the starting center? 
Nick Gates, man, I love that guy. He came in last year and played right tackle for a game when when our right tackle was injured and was the best offensive lineman that day. And then he came in for our right guard and played well. And then he went played right tackle again to finish the season off. And he just played awesome. And they was you know he had practiced some center center snaps in season. Spent the whole offseason like practicing to be a center. And he came in and just took that role, man. And I, I love Nick Gates. It is game one. But what he does show is like great in play awareness. So like he's never called out protections and stuff like that. But in like in play, he picks up things quicker than our last center did, or hell, he, any of our guards and tackles did, besides maybe Zeitler. So I'm, it's game one for him at center. But I'm I'm actually pretty confident in him. And how about the guards with Zeitler and Hernandez? Zeitler, you know he's you know he's top of the league. Hernandez had kind of an up and down year, but he's a second round pick. He's a guy we have a lot of confidence in. Um, I was watching actually a little bit of your stuff, uh, uh, the Steelers stuff today, and I'm hoping they use Gates and Hernandez or, you know, Zeitler to double Hayward and then try and do something with Watt. And then I feel like Thomas can handle Dupree a little bit in the run game. But yeah, Hayward in the middle of that line, man, he, he makes things interesting. And I'll, I think the Giants are going to try and double him all game. Uh, moving on to the skill players. Obviously, it starts with Saquon Barkley. There's just, you know, absolute stud. You know, we were kind of familiar. You know, he was a national player at the time, but, uh, you know, being kind of local with Penn State and stuff. What, what's the plan with him for this year with Jason Garrett's offense scheme? That's something we're kind of all wondering because with Eli, he had a bunch of catches, but it was a lot of checkdowns. And then with Jones, where Jones is downfield and wouldn't come back and check down often, or when he did, it'd be to the tight end, the, the catches went down. We're hoping that they actually use him in the receiving game and like even line him up at wide receiver and do some things like that. But obviously, you know, Garrett has used Zeke pretty successfully. Um, you know, obviously their offensive line is more established than the Giants by far. We like the things that uh, Garrett's done with Zeke and camp. We've seen them pulling and stuff. So maybe stealing a little bit from the 49ers playbook. I think we're confident that he's going to use, be used correctly and more efficiently where a lot of his catches in the past have just been checkdowns where I, I, I'm hoping they like really involve him in the receiving game. And then uh, how about the receivers? You know, it's kind of a young core there with Shepard, Ingram, and Slayton. And then you have the veteran in Golden Tate. Yeah, it's kind of like a pick your poison kind of group. The three wide receivers, there's none that that you look at and like, oh, that's a clear cut number one guy. They're all just kind of like good players. Shep, Tate, and Slayton, all that got that. Like Slayton, you know, he's in his year two, so we'll see. It's kind of like a like one game. I like I went and looked at it and led by targets, like Daniel Jones' main target, and it was all over the place throughout the season. So I really think it's like dependent on game plan where you guys like to, you know, you guys get to the quarterback and have Minka Fitzpatrick over the top. I think that will make Shepard and Tate more involved where teams that don't have that kind of style, Slayton is going to be more involved down the field. So I think that the slot guys, you know, Shep and Tate and then Ingram, are really going to try and work the middle of the field versus you guys. At least that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, we've heard a lot of good things from uh, Ingram, uh, the tight end. It's week one, so it's like the one yeah. time of year he's healthy too. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the defensive side, uh, what we've been hearing from is that Graham, is it right, Patrick Graham? Yeah. He's comes from New England, like, or he was at a different, couple different spots before, but it's going to be like a multiple front, kind of how they use in uh, New England. Yeah, it's basically it's it's multiple, but it's essentially a three four with nickel. Like it's a lot of you know five DBs on the field. I'm sure they'll add in a different safety. But I think where it's multiple is you know you have some teams it's like uh, we're cover three, like single high safety, or there, there's some teams that are two high safety. And actually watching your guys' stuff, 
I actually think it's a lot similar to the way you guys run your defense. Now, the difference is your guys' players are, are way better than ours on defense where you have these pass rushers and Minka Fitzpatrick, who I love. But it's actually, I feel like it's actually run pretty similarly where like there's some blitzing, especially on third down. And on third down is where it gets a little more creative. So I actually think it's kind of similar to your guys' defense. And uh, how do you how do you feel about the front seven? Uh, you know, with, with Dexter Lawrence and uh, Leonard Williams. That's the position you feel the best about on the Giants. You have you know Leonard Williams, who you know he's being franchise tagged this year. Dexter Lawrence, the first round pick, and then you have Dalvin Tomlinson, who is arguably the best defensive player on the team last year at defensive tackle. So those guys, how they rotate. Uh, it's going to be big for them because inside linebacker, we're kind of thin there and a lot of young guys and unproven guys besides Blake Martinez. So it's going to be up to those guys to make it easier on the back end. But yeah, that's the position we feel the most strongly about. Yeah, Lawrence, he's a big, big guy that could move. Yeah. That. And Golden, he he led the, the Giants in sacks last year. Yeah, he had 10 sacks. He's, he's, he's a good player. He's actually, it's going to be a rotation there. Like Zimenez is a young guy we have. Lorenzo Carter has been another young, like third round, both third round guys. Um, so it's going to be a rotation there. But Golden, if you're going off last year, is definitely the best of those three. I'll ask you this because people like try and discount Marcus Golden, like, oh, cover sacks, cover sacks. Do Steelers fans try and downplay Bud Dupree and say like, oh, well, he just has covered sacks? Not, not this past year. Probably maybe, you know, he wasn't really producing before like he did this past year, but he really broke out this in 2019. Right, yeah. So, Golden, one of the criticisms of him is like, oh, he has all these cover sacks. It's like, well, we had the worst coverage in the NFL last year. So, if he can get cover sacks with that, then imagine what we could do with like a halfway decent. So, if you're going off last year, Golden is the best of the three. But I think Giants fans and myself are hoping O'Shane Zimenez is the guy who steps up and becomes the best out of those three. You mentioned before uh, in the free agent acquisition, Blake Martinez. And well, what has he brought to the team? He was a pretty uh, good player there before in Green Bay. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say because we haven't had preseason this year. But, he, you know, he became a captain. So he was a leader, you know, as soon as he walked in the building. He's just kind of like a, a – I know it's cliche, but he is like the quarterback of the biz, of the defense. He gets everyone lined up. He, you know, he picks up a lot of tackles. Some are going to be downfield. When you lead the NFL in tackles, you know, they're not all going to be at the line of scrimmage. But I think with some of our other guys, I think he kind of plays everything the smart way, which makes it easier for other guys on the back end to come in and, and play a little looser. And it'll be interesting to see how he looks behind those three defensive tackles we just mentioned. The, the big uh, James Bradbury, too, there's a lot of good reviews of him when he was in Carolina. And he's going to probably help out that giant second. Like you mentioned, you're, you had struggled in the secondary last year. Yeah, we we love Bradbury. There's been some clips out of like our wide receivers beating him in camp, but we don't want to read too much into that. But I, I love Brad. I mean, you look at his stats in Carolina against like the NFC South, which was you know Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, and he like had the best games against those types of guys. The the worry though is the corner on the other side. Right now, we're trusting Corey Ballantyne, who's a six round pick. Logan Ryan, we don't know if he's going to play nickel or safety. They haven't revealed. I think he's going to play in that slot corner. But Corey Ballantyne on the other side is the position that we are, as Giants fans, the most worried about. A couple of weeks ago, you know, we were reading about like who that other court, like there was talks about Ross Cockrell coming in or something like that. And there was like reports that he signed. And then two days yeah. later, we're like, nope, actually, he didn't sign. It's like, what? The, like, we just did two days of research on the guy. And then all of a sudden, he's not on our team. So, yeah, Ross Cockrell, we, he was supposed to be the savior of that outside corner. And now it, he's just still a free agent somehow. So, so that spot's kind of been like vacant in a way where they're trying to get like some guy to come up and take that role. 
Yeah, it was supposed to be DeAndre Baker, and obviously, you yeah. know, he got arrested this offseason, and then uh, it was supposed to be a battle between him and then Stanton Beal, who was the third-round pick in the supplemental draft in um, 2018, and then he opted out for the season. So it's kind of like Corey Ballantyne. They traded for Isaac Eden from the Denver from the Broncos for a seventh-round pick. So, you know, we don't know how he's going to fit in or if he'll play eventually. But, yeah, we're, right now we're trusting a guy who's a six-round pick out of a, you know, Division II school for Washburn, us. right? Yeah. And you mentioned Logan Ryan. They have him listed as a backup safety right now. Yeah, but I don't. I think they're just kind of hiding what they're – because they don't even have like a nickel corner listed. So I, I think that he's going to be the nickel corner or they'll use him in different roles because, I mean, that's the position he played. And I just don't see them paying him $7.5 million and then just having him on the bench for like 50% of the plays. And they have back of the safety, Jabril Peppers, we're kind of familiar with when he was with Cleveland. And then uh, free safety, Julian Love. Could tell us a little bit about how, how he's – what their roles are in the defense or how they've been looking. Peppers is exciting. I thought he was the most exciting player to watch on the defense last year. He comes up and plays in the box. He plays like a linebacker role. He makes hits. He got an interception last season. Um, you know, he got hurt, so his season got short. But he was just a playmaker. And Julian Love was like the second-best corner in college football in 2018. Or, you know, it's you know not draft-wise, but just like in college football at Notre Dame. And they switched him to safety, and he filled in for uh, Peppers when he got hurt and looked really good. But he's moving to like that free safety instead of strong safety role, so we, we've yet to see. But I, I like Julian Love. I think he's got a lot of potential. And, uh, you know, he's got. I, I feel like he's got better speed than his 40 time, may say. So the safety position is another position that we feel pretty confident about. Getting with a Joe Judge, how how's that new era been starting? We kind of heard reports a couple weeks ago that he's like telling players to go for laps and stuff. It's a, it's kind of like an old school approach. That you yeah, don't it's, it's a, yeah, it's a young team, so they embrace it a little quicker than maybe an older team would. But we've been having fun with it. You know, our listeners have been taking videos of them running laps when they make <laughs> mistakes at work and stuff. So they've been doing that. Uh, the first time he got blowback, and I was part of this because I usually am like kind of trying to be understanding of what the team's doing. They cut this guy, Ryan Connolly, who played at Wisconsin that we liked. And we really liked him. He tore his ACL last year, and they cut him flat out at camp. So that was the first time Joe Judge got any real blowback. But just like any coach, their first year like going into the season, everyone's going to be excited until you know we lose like three out of the first four games, and then all of a sudden people are going to be calling for him to be fired. Right now we feel great about Joe Judge. Going to this uh, Steelers game, what, what's your biggest concern? We well, we just said a couple questions. It was Corey Ballantyne, Corey Ballantyne, and you know I don't know what your guys' expectations for Deontay Johnson are, but uh, it's anybody against him. That's the worry. Is how will he be? Like you know, because you know the rest of the defense can do great, and then if he's doing you know getting burnt on the other side, it doesn't matter how everyone else on the defense is playing. So it's it's one hundred percent Corey Ballantyne and and how he'll like grow, yeah. and if teams will just try and flat out pick on him. That's true. There's a lot of unknowns without the preseason. And, you know, just matchup-wise, the Steelers probably have, you know, they're more of a veteran team and stuff. Uh, they have more continuity coming back. So, especially on defense, too, I think that's the matchup to look at. Is, you know, like we mentioned before, is that T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree against that uh, the Giants offensive line that has three new starters. I'll ask you a question. Did you guys ever believe in – like, we went through the Curtis Riley experience. I know you guys have been doing it. They put him on practice squad. Has Are people like, like him? Because we – he was probably one of the most hated Giants of the past three years was Curtis Riley. When they signed him, we were looking at clips, and we saw like a lot, you know, a lot of bad tackling and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> some of the worst <laughs> tackling I've ever seen in my life yeah. is Curtis Riley. But he, 
he actually had a pretty good training camp from what you know from the pool reports that we saw that yeah. like he was making a lot of interceptions or whatever he made good plays on the ball but uh they brought sean davis back and then they put him to the practice squad i saw james pierre the undrafted free agent made the team he at a fau he was a guy i really liked he oh, played corner at fau and then moved to safety he actually had one of the giants you know, we do our mock draft, not to sound too serious, but he was like the last pick I had for the Giants. I actually loved your guys' draft because you or your undrafted free agents. I had Trajan Bandy out of uh, Miami, who I liked, and then DJ Dallas. Um, you guys picked DJ Dallas, right? No, 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 not DJ Dallas. Oh, I'm okay. Then all right, but Trajan Bandy and, and uh and Pierre are two guys I liked. Who did DJ Dallas go to? Now that's bothering me. Yeah. I I don't know. Where what college did he go to? He was a he was a Miami. Oh, he went to the Seahawks. Okay. Uh, For some yeah. reason, I thought you guys. Uh, you guys got no. You guys got McFarland from Maryland. That's who. It yeah, McFarland. Yeah. yeah, Pierre. Uh, we wish. We wish. You know, if there was a training camp that like you could attend this year, like at Latrobe, uh, it'd be interesting. Or see at least see preseason games would be interesting to see how how he looked because there's a lot of raving reports about him out of training camp. Let me ask you this because there, you know, we there's no like training camp, no preseason watch. What are the um what are the thoughts on Big Ben? Like, is there like good stuff? Is he missing any practices? Like, what are the thoughts on Big Ben from Steelers Nation? Uh so far, all there's been all good reports and stuff. And, you know, from the short videos that we did see, his arm looks as normal. You know, there's been reports that he's a little bit of a tweak in his throwing motion. Other than that, like he's he he, he came out with a documentary, a series of documentaries of showcasing his his rehab and his return and he's, he's motivated as ever too i think you know he wants to win like he said a couple of weeks ago he wants to win you know multiple lombardies or whatever like yeah. so you know we'll have to see like week one he said today he's gonna be nervous he's gonna be shaking like a leaf he said but um, <laughs> i like to hear that because yeah. <laughs> i look at your guys team from last year and i was like man if you guys just had average qb play you would have won so many more games yeah. So uh, that's our hope from Giants fans is that Big Ben is just bad to start. Yeah, maybe that, that nerves, you know, you know, 17th year coming yeah. in. You know, there's going to be no fans at MetLife, so it's going to be weird. It's going to be a weird season. Yeah, I keep on forgetting about that. I remember the last time we played you guys, and then Eli and Ben said, like, they talked to each other, like, this is probably the last time. Oh, yeah. And they, they came they came real close to getting one more year with each other. But it's, it's kind of crazy, you, like we were talking pre-show, how Eli was the QB of my, you know, you know, from middle school on, it's my first year without him. And you guys are getting ready to have that experience with big Ben, man. It's been, yeah, it's, it's, crazy. it's a nice feeling though, when you know who your QB is year in and year out. Yeah. Over you know, 15 plus years or whatever is, you know, definitely good to have that franchise quarterback. And I was, I was speaking with someone the other day about how there's only, only been like five Steeler giant games since, uh, or six, I think since, uh, 1985. So like, the teams don't play each other that often. Yeah, that's true. I remember their rookie their rookie year they played each other. And Eli, you know, Big yeah. Ben had the good rookie year. And Eli struggled. But Eli showed up that game. You guys won that one by a, a, a small margin. This is crazy. This is when I first started getting the sports. So my memory is, like, really vivid. It was a Saturday game, end of the season, like week 16 or something. I remember Eli played that game pretty well. Um, but you got Big Ben ended up picking it picking it up that year. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a it's been a while, fifteen plus years with those two guys. Oh, yeah, it, was, it was eight games since nineteen eighty five, but yeah, yeah, that that game's probably been the most memorable one. That two thousand four one. Yeah, Big Ben and Eli were both rookies. That's that's pretty much all we got for you. Other than, oh, well, what's your prediction for the game? Now, I'm I'm an ath- I have an athlete's brain, so it's I go into every game picking I'm going to win. Um, so I am going to pick the Giants to win. On my show, I always predict Giants 77, the other team zero. <laughs> but I'll, I'll give an honest prediction for you guys. 
I'll go Giants 23, Steelers 21. Oh, who do you think is going to have a big game for the Giants? Sterling Shepard. Or, or sorry, no, Evan Ingram. Lots of throws over the middle. They're going to okay. try and get Ingram involved yeah, that's, in the that's passing what we've game. Been too. There's a lot, a lot of good reports about him. Yeah. Quick quick stuff to Ingram and let him use his legs. Uh, how's Danny Jones uh, or Danny Dimes? How do you get that nickname? Dude, it's funny. I don't. We don't know. We actually sell Danny Dimes shirts. It just – and I actually looked up the first person to say it. You know, it's just, you know, one of our – it actually ended up being one of our listeners. It happened in the Giants. I don't know if you remember this. They did um, – at rookie camp, they did a video where it's like Daniel Jones with the dimes, and it was a lot of swing passes and stuff, and a lot of people were still mad at the pick. So everyone was making fun of it, and all of a sudden, it just – all of a sudden, it was Danny Dimes. And then in the, in the preseason, it became cemented. Like, he completed like 85% of his passes throughout the preseason last season, and that's – that's when the nickname became cemented, Danny Dimes. You mentioned about his fumbles last year. We'll see. We'll see how that works this year with you know TJ Watt and Bud Dupree coming off the edge and see if he's improved in that area. Yeah, it's a it's a good first test, like you said. the The leading sack duo and the leading fum, force fumble duo uh, against a rookie offensive tackle and then a, a Fleming who we don't trust. Uh, there won't be a bigger test this year, so we'll see how well he's worked on it. Well, well, thanks, Bobby. We appreciate you for coming on, and uh, this is good talk about the Giants. You, you certainly know your roster and informative and stuff and learn about what's going on in New York. Appreciate it, fellas. Thanks for having me on. And that was Chris's interview with Bobby Skinner from Talking Giants. Thank you, Bobby, for coming on the show with us. First episode here. And uh, Chris, I think we got something going here. Yeah, definitely. It was, uh, Bobby, he, he, he certainly knows his uh, everything in tell with the Giants. It'll be interesting to see what happens on Monday night. Definitely looking forward to that offensive line though with the Giants. Well, I'm interested to see that that matchup with TJ Watt and Bud Dupree on the outside going up against those tackles. We asked for Bobby's prediction. We didn't get yours, Chris. So what do you think? Steelers versus Giants, Monday night football, week one. No fans, but we got crowd noise. (laughs) If Bobby had the Giants winning, I'm going to go with the Steelers and and based off their defense and the continuity that they have coming back. Who knows with Ben, like, you know, see if he starts throwing all over the place for his first game back. I want to say the Steelers win 24-13. Well, certainly we like that more than 23-21 Giants. Of course, uh, we, again, we thank Bobby Skinner from Talking Giants. Be sure to check them out for all of their news updates on the Giants as well. But of course, be sure to check out the Renegade Blitz at renegadeblitz.com. Again, thank you for tuning in. I'll probably have a, a recap of the game um, on Tuesday night. Yes, special Tuesday recap. We're probably going to do this at least a day after the games or so. And so be sure to check out the Renegade Blitz podcast. We will be on YouTube. Uh, So we're very excited about that. We're very excited about the future. And we hope to have many years of covering Pittsburgh Steelers football. For Chris Ward, I'm Ty Polk. Thank you for tuning in to the Renegade Blitz. Thank you for listening to the Renegade Blitz podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Renegade Blitz, read articles on RenegadeBlitz.com, and like us on Facebook. Our podcast is available on YouTube. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch 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 -
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.